I put more pressure on myself because I knew what I was capable of doing. I, I wanted them to talk about me for the next 30 years, and I had demanded it be that high of a bar. You gotta tell me what you're drinking. I just got off the bike. I was riding the bike. I had to remember to come to you. I am not drinking a thing right now, brother. Nothing at all? No Bel Air, no Bamboo, no McQueen? Look, I got all the lovely white wine, all the Bamboo. Oh. Ooh, everything. It's at the house. I was down at Rohan Molly. I was riding the bike on the beach and I totally forgot. Ah. Come on. I gotta drink for you. I've been drinking for an hour. You know what? I'm gonna drink something straight. Hold on. Let me get something. You don't have to. I got your back. I got you. Look, look, I'm gonna pour in. I go straight. I'm gonna pour in. He's got me off the bike. I have my I I, I ride a bike. Straight. Right, come on. Oh, hold that. Look, look, I have a little bamboo here. Hold on, let me pour it in. Look at that. Hold on, I gotta add some ice. I got my little hold on, I got a little ice. And you know what I do? Hold on. This is the best part. Then I add a little bit of XO. Warren, I've been drinking for an hour. I've been so looking forward to this. Listen, I was bike riding, man. I'm trying to get summer fine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just so cheers. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. To your health. To your health. Yeah, health. Good health. So, so hold on. First, I have to ask, is your bike electric? Of course. I'm almost 50 years old. <laughs> so, so how much do you pedal and how much do you ride? Half and half. Half and half. So do you get a workout? Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Get a nice workout. <laughs> how far do you go? How far do you, how fast do you go and how far do you go? About 40 miles. And I average around 15, 16 miles an hour. Wow. So how fast can the bike go? You can go bike can go 40 miles an hour? Easily. Come on. You got to push it to it, though. It ain't going to go by itself. How far do you go? About, four, about 20 miles a day, twice a day. Wow, that's awesome. I have to get that. I have, I have a, you know what a moke is? Uh-uh. It's a little, it, it's a, a little electric thing. It looks like a, it's a golf cart, but basically it looks like a, somebody cut a, 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 a Jeep Wrangler in half. It's electric. It's so no. cool. I'll, I'll send you a picture of it. I'll show you the Doom Buggy link. At Kraken Adventure Bikes. You, boy, I'm telling you. Oh, you'll like mine. You'll like mine. Of course I'd like a Jeep like cut in half. Of course, but I'm talking about a bike. It's a no, Jeep you, cut in half. But a golf car, you like Deion Sanders with Prime on the front and the speakers and the damn 12-inch screen and all of that foolishness. Yeah, you can do a lot with a golf cart. I'm talking about an actual bike. All right, I get it. All right. So, for Warren, hold on. For everybody who's watching, so I'm Brett Barish. I own a bunch of wine and spirit brands, uh, past brands, Ace of Spades, Doucet, current brands, Bel Air. You know this, Warren. Yes, sir. Rosé. Bamboo, you know this. Oh, that's so good. That's the smoothest drop uh, ever tasted in your life. Did you try the gin yet, McQueen? No. You haven't tried? I sent you some. That don't mean I tried it. I'm not a gin man. But you're a Malbec drinker. Yeah, I love Malbecs. I love Malbecs. Did you like the Malbec? Did you like all, the Malbec? All reds, all Malbecs, all that good stuff. Wait, turn yourself. 
No, because I have to uh, put myself to where I'm charged. Uh, how about that? No, you got you to keep flipping. You're upside down. I know. <laughs> I saw that. Listen, I'm trying to charge the phone. I told you. I oh, there it is. There it is. Uh-oh. No. All right. I'm working. Yeah. We got to give them something interesting to watch. You can't give them a regular book. Trust me, Warren. You I'm sideways. What do you want me to do? <laughs> it works. It works. So, Warren, I do this interview series, which I call Self Made, yeah. which I get to interview cool people that I love that inspire me, whether it's music or sports or business or entertainment. Um, and you are beyond an inspiration. But it's all about the struggle. It's all about you did something. You, as an NFL player, you got to be good at your fucking position. You got to be great uh, to stand out. It's about being self-made. What does self-made mean to you? Oh, no. Self-made is what you are, my brother. Whenever you get something the way you make a spirit out of nothing, out of grapes, out of, you know, whatever it is, potatoes or whatever it is, whatever champagne. Made, no, champagne made out of grapes, too. You know, make that and then appeal to so many uh you you like you like a world renowned stripper brother you self made that's how i like to say it because it was got to be you know the, the one for me for you for him for her you know when you make a drink like bamboo or you know your drink before that you sold off the bell lab the daytime when the rosé and you taste it and you understand what that is that's self made see mine was Aww. god mine was god giving them a blessing i just had to work my ass off at it but it was a, my pleasure to do that. You know what I'm saying? When you make a spirit and you give it to the world, if half of the people don't like it, that's still good for you, right? Correct. You know what I'm saying? If half that's of the right. people don't like me, that's no good. You know what I'm saying? I got to turn it to 70-30. You know what I'm saying? I got to turn it to my way. All right, all right. So I appreciate the love, but let's get back to the God-given talent. When, okay. did, when did Warren Sapp... Who told Warren, when did you realize you had the God-given talent? You know what? It was my red shirt freshman year because I had left high school as a 225-pound tight end outside linebacker and punter. Got to the University of Miami, showed up. I was 270. Went on a $3,000 calorie, 3,000 calorie a day diet and gained 30 more pounds. And then I was 300 pounds. So now I'm trying to figure out what does a 300-pound tight end do? And then Bob Carmelo was and Ed Ogeron, the national champion of the Louisiana State Tigers over there, LSU, you know, told me, I'll make you a million-dollar defensive tackle if you come with me. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, right. I'm like, yeah, right. He's like, well, name me a 300-pound million-dollar tight end. I'm like, Eric Green. He's like, yeah, and he's digging his grave with a fork. So I just turned my life over to a madman that said he can mold me into something special, and I worked at it. So what were you, when you were recruited out of high school, what were you recruited as? A tight end outside linebacker. What did you, that's amazing. Now, so what? That picture after we get off the phone, you're a freak at this one. And the girl next to me is my mother, not my date. So, <laughs> so what's, what's that like to give yourself to somebody else to tell you, no, 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 no. All your life you're this, you're now this. How do you make, how do you put in that in your head? Because you're, you're around good people and you know they have your best interests at heart. And the last time I checked, the University of Miami wasn't pumping out tight ends back in the early 90s. <laughs> so, when did, so, so when Ed said that to you, when did it click? When did it turn? You're like, shit, I got something here. About six weeks later after I had went and ran with him and 
they kept putting me in the pass rush drill. They, 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 they fooled me. See, that's how they do you. They fool you because they, they only put me in the pass rush drill. So I'm pass rushing, not in the double team, not in the slip block, not in the scoop, not in the, any of the actual things you have to do as a defensive tackle. They were just selling me this idea of going to get the quarterback, and nobody could stop me from getting to that bag when I was in this drill. So I'm like, all right. I mean, I was number five at the depth chart on the tight ends then, and two were graduating, so I'd have to fight two other dudes, you know, for the starting job. So I'm like, let me run with the D-line. So I went and ran with them. So. But, I played tight Where did but I played tight end in the NFL, too, called a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so I have so many questions. So let's go back a second. You also kicked. I had to. My 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 good friend Steve Barnhart, Barn, Barnhill, who works for Shimano now. That's why I love the fish too, because I highlight my dog. You know, one time for Shimano out there. So he was a place kicker, a great place kicker, kick a fifty-three yard field goal, but his punch would go off the side of his foot, up in the air, every which way. And my coach looked at me and said, "You're the only one I trust back there." So I said, "Okay." So you punted? What was I, your? What, how good were you? Forty-three yards a punt. Did you ever? Did you ever do field goals? No, but I was the emergency one in Tampa and in high school. But my understanding, you were also a baseball player. No, stop reading Wikipedia. It's not true. Like watching not at paint, all. Like watching paint dry. I was at really. I was at, I went with the track team and threw the shot in the dish. And if coach needed, I'd run a 880 for us. If we needed the points to win the dual meets, I'd run the 880 and get the extra points because, you know, not a lot of people sign up to run how did, you, how did you end up in Miami? Oh, better story. So I'm at, you know, at high school trying to figure out how do I convince my mom that I want to go to the University of Miami because, you know, coming out of the 90s with the McDuffie and the riots and the different things, you know, Time Magazine had Miami on, like, the dangerous city in America, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, you know, I, and I'm from a little small town, so I'm like, how do I even make this work? Miami, the University of Miami is not in Miami. It's in Coral Gables. It's about 15 miles south of it, and I didn't have a car. Dr. Anna Price was the keto, our academic advisor at the University of Miami. She told my mom, black lady, she told my mom, oh, I'm going to watch it. I promise you he's going to go to school. I promise you he ain't going to flunk up out of here. And my mom looked at me and said, I'll give you to this lady. And I said, oh. <laughs> That's how I got to Miami. Dr. Anna Price made my mom feel good about me going to school, and she'd watch me. Who else recruited you? Everybody, except Notre Dame. But they, but did they, they all wanted you for tight end? Yeah, I was, I was a pretty good tight end. Do, do you think you could have gone to the NFL as a tight end? Not at 300 pounds. <laughs> Before that, before that. You know what I mean, though? No, no idea at 225 pounds. I, I, I bench pressed 225 twice. I never went in the weight room when I was in high school. Did you think, but did you, when did you think you could go, to, go pro? Did you think at all at, at high school, college? I redshirt freshman year when I was at the University of Miami and I was playing against some pretty good offensive linemen and I was still getting to the bag. What do you think, it, what, did, what did you have that no one else had? I like to think I was smarter than most guys I went up against. What does that mean, though? Like, what is that? Uh, I'm just going to be honest with you. Linemen aren't that bright. You know, like, when, a, when, a, when an offensive line comes out and they, and they make calls, like, Razor is what? Right. 
laser is left. Yellow is left. Orange is right. Brown is right. Uh, think of something with an L. You see what I'm saying? It's just yeah. an L in the car. We ain't building rockets. <laughs> I read 100 books. I read 100 books. 52 my junior year and 48 my senior year in high school. I'm a book reader. I'm a bookworm. I love to read a book because I didn't have an internet when we were kids. We had the Encyclopedia Britannica. So you had to find out five other things looking for one thing in your book. So I'm saying? Yeah. So I was a book reader. So I was just a bookworm. And, you know, my my, 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 roommate, my roommate, Rohan Marley, always jokes that he walks in my room and be like, why are you watching Jeopardy? <laughs> I'm like, you just I like to learn. I like Jeopardy. I like Jeopardy. I know some of these questions, and I'm going to answer about four or five of them. He's like, yeah, right. So I'm sitting there, I answer him. He's like, how do you know that? <laughs> so I used to tell Rich Eisen all the time, I'm just a big ball of useless information. I was just one of those guys that, that stuff just stuck to, and especially would football. You, would you watch film, though? Would you watch the players you were playing against to try oh, to get an edge? Oh, yeah. I I know what kind of bubblegum you chew at by the end of the game, what your mom middle name was. And where does that come from, though, Warren? Where does that Where does that want of knowing more come from? Being from a little small town. I'm from a town mm -hmm. with a road, no air conditioning, and no cable television. I had CBS, NBC, ABC, and Fox showed up with the kids club with Vern. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had four channels I could watch. So, I mean, I, it wasn't much that was going to come my way except NASCAR on Saturday because I was in uh, Orlando. Daytona was right around the corner. And the game on Sunday, which would be the Giants or Green Bay and Tampa Bay because I was Tampa's secondary market and they wasn't winning many games. So wasn't no reason to sit around and watch the game if the Cowboys or the Steelers or somebody like that wasn't on. So you go out in the yard and play. You think that that's an advantage for you, the fact that you didn't know what else was out there and you wanted more? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah? I chomped at, the, at, at the information and knowledge. You know, whenever I, see, whenever I, whenever I get around kids nowadays, I asked them this one question. We all know the vials, A, E, I, O, and U, right? Yep. Give me a word with all of them in it. Mm. Education. Mm. It's got everything you need to take you wherever you want to go in this world, but you got to go seek it. You got to go seek it. You got to want it. You got to want it. You got to want to go read that book. You got to go want to comprehend it. Read it twice if you didn't get it the first time. You'd watch a movie twice to get that damn line and listen to that rap song 15 times so you can sing that old bull junk rap that he's singing. So you better chase that education the same way. That's what I tell him. It's, it's got everything you need. Do you, you think that, and I ask this to other sports, people in sports, what's the difference between you being a Hall of Famer, being at the top of the game, and an average lineman? The work we put in, I'd like to say. Because I don't want to say I was better in him or more blessed than him because, you know, your odds are better being a brain surgeon than doing what I did for a living. So the one thing about, you know, the NFL, and I try to tell kids when I'm around them other than education, what you put into this game is what you'll get out of it. That, that's always been the thing, you know, because, you know, now they got the commercials. Everybody's working at 5 a.m. and doing the extra run, doing now what are you going to do? Now what's the extra thing you're going to do? I'm going to do it every day. That's the extra thing I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that a day don't go by that I don't get better. Because you either get better or you get worse. And, you know, being as I age, we understand that every day I'm getting worse, so i got to do yeah. something about it. But when you're Which, 23, 24 years old, you don't realize that. 
if you think this will ever end and you know I'm a big Mr. Elastic I can hang out to 5 in the morning and still get up at 8 in the morning and fly with the you know Eagles and I hang out with the Owls that shit ends fast <laughs> was your, was, it sounds like your mom was in your corner from day one Did that's my pop as my son, I I I evolve, I evolve around her. I'm the I'm the planet. She's 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 the center of my galaxy because so, I worked three jobs for 36 years. Wow. So, you know, I, you I, think I, you... I knew nothing else but to retire her. So whenever I got a chance to go do anything, I was gonna kill it. Do you think you think in some ways their her mentality of of work put gave you the mentality of you know what I gotta fucking work it. Oh, no, I've been working since I was 13 years old when the minimum wage was $3.35 an hour. So what was your me. first job? What was your first job? I'm, a, I'm from the indoor foliage capital of the world. That means we got a lot of nurseries. <laughs> so my sister's uh, friend that, you know, she had my niece from uh, was the manager at Baywood Nurseries over in Plymouth, Florida. And my mother says she don't buy $100 shoes because Jordan was coming out with those number threes. With that, with that, with that fish, that net on the side, that great net on the side, and that triangle that came up, I will get me a pair of shoes like that. that my mom said she don't buy hundred dollars shoes, so I would have got me a damn job. <laughs> it took me two weeks. You... It took me eighty hours to get it, but I got them. <laughs> before football, it, before you thought I could be a, I could be a professional player. What did you think you'd do? You know, you dream as a kid. I always wanted to be a lawyer. You know, you watch Madlock and all of yeah. them, you know, Perry Mason, all those, you know, movies like that. And I figured I had a big mouth and I knew a little something. I'd help somebody out if I could as a lawyer. You think you're, you think you're I'm going to use your words, your big mouth worked to your advantage playing in the NFL? No. Well, I would say so in, in, in one aspect. I got people to come visit me in Tampa, Florida, which was the 28th biggest market of 32 teams in the league. So if I wasn't saying something wild and outrageous and then going and backing it up, nobody was coming to Tampa. But then I had a godsend in Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy also made people come, you know, because people wanted to come see him, you know, because he was like Moses walking, you know. He was that He was that guy, so. But if you weren't – but. You're you're unbelievably like to me on the field, off the field. You're the same person. Do you agree? Yeah, but they don't think that when you're 23, 24, 25 years old. They they think it's they think it's an act. They think it's a you know something that you just portraying. That's that can't be how he is. You know what I'm saying? Because most guys, because most guys do come and give you an act. But but what I think is why I think is wild, which I appreciate about you is. You're before social media. You're before all the internet. You, you, if anything, if anything, you, you are. Do something in a game that somebody would leave, go Monday morning to the job and talk about. Or somebody would write about you on Monday after Sunday. It had to correct. be that kind of impact. It couldn't have been 10 people and, you know, in the corner and then it gets to 500 like easily. You had to go do something. Do you think it put pressure on you? More pressure to achieve? I like or did you put, Hold on, hold on. Did you put more pressure on yourself by talking like that? Listen, I put more pressure on myself because I knew what I was capable of doing. And I knew the work that I had put in. And I had demanded it be that high of a bar. 
because I wanted to rattle the cages for the annals. I, I wanted I wanted them to talk about me for the next thirty years because I was that kid growing up watching the Tony Dorsett videos, the Roger Starbucks, the you know Drew Pearson, the Tony Hills, the Lynn Swan, Swanee Swan. You know what I'm saying? That mean Joe Green. You wanted to be talked about in that reverence, that voice. So trust me, I wanted to put an impact on the game and. I went to a place that really opened my eyes. The University of Miami showed me so many things. I mean, it really, really did. I mean, you play with how so many, many How many people told you not to talk anymore over whether college or pro? I, I've been very fortunate that Dennis Erickson and, well, Sam Weiss used to tell me I talk too much, but I'm like, I, I don't talk as much as you, Sam. God bless his soul. <laughs> Sam Weiss was a good dude, but he was a clown. I mean, an absolute clown, so... I'm like, hey, man, I, I talk, and when I'm my mouth is ro mo moving, my motor is revving. So who who appreciated, because I think it's interesting, because I, I would, quite honestly, Warren, I'd, I would love to have your confidence. Who appreciated, <laughs> who appreciated the confidence that you have? Who are oh, no. the people behind you? Dungey Dun Dun did it. My mother, my mother, my mother's like this. You sit with my mother for 15 minutes, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I, I got it now. That's where I get it from. Oh, you sit with my mother for 15 minutes, you'd be like, I got it now. Because those those reporters from Tampa that I was telling you about that think it's an act, they walk, they ask, could I go talk, could they go talk to my mom? And, I'm, and I call my mom, mom, you want to talk to them? She's like, yeah, yeah, send them on over here, boy. So <laughs> they get in the car with <laughs> And she's driving back from Windermere, Black to Plymouth, where we used to live, you know, back in where the four channels was at, in the dirt road. So she's driving, and one of them says to her, do you know how to get to where you live? <laughs> and, and he called me and told me the story. He said, she turned and looked back at me with one of those looks like you gave me. And I said, yep, that's what he gets it from. <laughs> so said, you asked her, what? Did she know how to get back to her? <laughs> I said, you deserve it. you lucky she slapped you. He's like, oh, she slapped me, but she just looked at me and slapped me. I said, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> That's what I grew, that's what I grew up with on a day in day out basis. So you see why I am like I am. You either get it right or you get knocked out. <laughs> so when when she sees you, it's a good question though. When she sees you do things that puts you in a difficult situation, what did she say to that? Oh, she she call it call it. Yeah, that that, that, that that's what's going on. Uh, talk to me. What, what what's going on, boy? <laughs> I hate those days. I hate those days. But those days, I'm 13 again. I'm not, I'm not a grown man that pays all her bills, puts her in her nice air conditioning, and let her watch her fish swim and travel all over the world as she like to do. You know, I'm the one that provides that. But when I get in a little, little school year, she get to talking. I'm a 13-year-old little boy again. I'm a baby. I'm a baby of six, and I got to run now. I, I don't let her hit me anymore because she's going to hurt her hands. So I run away. So, she... <laughs> so, so when did... Did Warren Sapp back in the day have goals that you wanted yeah. to achieve? What yeah. were they? What retire, were they? To retire my mother. When did you that know, happen? You have all those other dreams, Monday Night Football plan. You know, my sister would be better to tell you because I used to say all this crazy stuff when I was a kid. But I, I don't remember it no more. You know, I took a lot of hits and smoked a little marijuana. So, you know, that memory ain't what it used to be, baby. <laughs> That's it. But that was my that was my biggest thing because I wanted to retire my mother. My mother was working, and back then you have to understand minimum wage was minimum wage. Yeah. One, one no overtime. I mean, 
and you had to work another job, you know, because there was another crew coming in. They just swap them out, you know. So I watched my mother work on Saturdays, then go to church on Sunday all day long, cook for the preacher. But then when I got out of retired, she wouldn't let me hire nobody to be in her house. What did that, when was that, and what did that feel like for you? 1995. I, April, I, April 23rd. Is when you went pro. So you what know, was the next? I got to give you this story, too. We get ready to fly up to New York for the draft. <laughs> and my mom is a teacher's assistant at Phyllis Wheatley Elementary over in Apopka. In so <laughs> the principal, they need to fill out a form if they're coming back next year to work. My mother asked the principal, is it all right if I go to New York and come back and fill out that paper? <laughs> <laughs> Did she stop working after that? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. So what was the next goal for What was the next goal for you? Was that, 25 years? Yeah, 20, wow. my mother ain't quarter of a century. What was the next goal for you? Make myself a household name. What does that mean, though? What does that mean? It means become a perennial all-pro defensive player of the year, win me a world championship, and hopefully they'll induct me in the National Football League, Pro Football Hall of Fame, and give me a gold jacket. So was it was it steps? Was the step to be, you know, defensive player of the year? Was it step? The next play. Really? That's Why? Something. Because you can't do no more. You can't do anything about the last play, and you damn sure can't see the play before the next play after this one. So, so, no, I, so, so Warren, I find... Like, so, like, hold on. Like, no, no, hold on. Like, when you get ready to make a spirit, you don't make four at one time. You make one, right? Yeah. One at a time, baby. So I was telling... I, I was on uh, Lil Wayne's uh, Young Money uh, radio show on Apple, and I was telling him my biggest... The thing that drives me is fear. It's fear that it's all going to go away. So... Whatever great happened today, it's over. It's about tomorrow. What am I going to do tomorrow? Do so you feel that? I think about this in a football term. You're in a 60-play game, at least 60 plays. And say you just had a great play where you went around and sacked the quarterback, it's second and 12. You can't take the play off because he can throw a 15-yard dig, an 18-yard comeback, and now it's first and 10. Same thing. Same thing. In good, bad. Cold ahead, behind, next play, next play. <laughs> next do you play. think? Do you think? Because, but but keep in mind, most people don't think like that. Do you? Yeah. Do you see? Do you recognize the fact that that's different? That's why it's three hundred and forty people in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So, uh, whether it's winning the national, the 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 winning the national, the uh, Super Bowl. The, Super Bowl or the Hall of Fame, which is more important to you? Super Bowl. Why? Because it takes 53 men, 20-some coaches, an equipment staff, a training staff, and all the people that, you know, your support, whole support staff that put it together, that sent us on the road week in and week out, that we do what we do, the grounds crew that makes sure the, fit, the practice field is in pristine condition so I can get this thing revved up, make sure Raymond James is locked and loaded, ready to go. It's just a whole effort because football is the ultimate team sport. Jerry Rice on a football field is just a pretty good damn receiver, but I bet you all 11 of those defenders are going to beat the hell out of him. Warren Sapp standing in the middle of a football field is a badass D-tackle, 
but that 11 on offense is going to do something to him that he's never seen done. He doesn't stand a chance to make a play by himself. You need your team. That's why I wear this. That's my championship ring because as a defense, you're only as strong as your weakest link. See, that's a bicycle chain. So I'm going to tell you this. On February the 2nd, it was Groundhog Day, 2013. I'm in New Orleans for the Super Bowl, and it's Hall of Fame Day. I wake up. Stomach just rumbling like I'm finna go play a football game. I'm like, shit, what is that? So my homeboys come beat on the do, 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 do. He's got a bottle of Bell uh white and the in the black bottle. He got the white and the black bottle. He tell me, we either gonna be we either gonna be effed up mad or we gonna be effed up happy. Let's start now. So we start drinking at 10 in the morning. We go down uh Bourbon Street, go get me a hand grenade, because you know you can't pass the 151 peach synopsis without getting one. You gotta have a hand grenade. I get the hand grenade, and I turn around, come back, because I, I only walk up to it, because if you pass it, every time you pass it, you got to get one. That's the rule. If you pass it, you got to get two. So I go to it and turn around and go back. I go to two sisters, because I had spoke to the manager early in the week, and he told me he'd get me some crawfish, because I love crawfish. <laughs> I get that with me and my two homeboys. He poured 10 pounds of crawfish on the table. So we eat for about a good hour and a half, sucking head and pulling tails, sucking head and pulling tails. We drank it high the can, drinking some good beer, right? So I look up at my watch. I say, oh, shit, it's like 2.30 now. And the thing is going to come on, like, I think 3.30 or 4 o'clock. They're going to start the presentation show. See, I'm before this knock on the door and all that foolish shit that they do not as made the TV shit. I'm, I'm in my own little world, me and my two homeboys, walking up and down the Bourbon Street, getting drunk, you know, trying to take my mind off the Hall of Fame because I was all alone. This wasn't Tampa 2. This wasn't 99 and 55 yeah. or 47. It was just me. Yeah. To play the ultimate team sport and to be judged individually is the yeah. most loneliest feeling I ever had in my life. Deion Sanders didn't call me. Michael Irvin didn't call me. Marshall Falk didn't call me. And I worked with them all year long at the network. I'm looking at my phone. My phone ain't moving. I mean, dry, won't bing, bing, no light up, no nothing. I'm like, this bullshit. <laughs> why, why, why do you think? Does that, does that drive you? No, there's no more driving. You wait five years for this moment to come around. And now it's here, and you almost want to kill yourself because, I mean, you don't, you don't have a teammate to lean on. It's, it's just you. Just you. So and in you 2000, and you have no idea what these 44, 50, how many other voters they got now that's what's going to say about you. I mean, in 19, you, in 1995, when you were drafted, were you pissed that you were drafted at the position? Were you 12, 13? What were you? 12. Were you pissed? Really? That, that's, the, that's the strongest word you can come up with after watching that shit. But I, I was looking, I was looking today. You know, you're the most successful player in the entire year. There's no one like you. Does that drive? I mean, I need shit on my shoulder. I always tell all my team, I got this big fucking chip on my shoulder. There's something pissing me off today. Like, does that piss you off that you were you were drafted in that position? You didn't hear what I told him? I said, that's 11 teams that I'm about to take, take it out on every chance I get every time I see them. Did you feel that every day when you played? Oh, every day I had a chip on my shoulder. Every day. Every day. Because somebody was 
after my job. Somebody was trying to pancake me. Somebody was trying to take me off the map and, and tell me that I wasn't a QB killer, that I wasn't the sap, that I wasn't that guy. And that wasn't going to happen. No. no. Not on my if, if Warren Sapp was a, a senior in college, a junior in college today, would he go pro? Would he be the same player today? No, he'd be way better. Yeah. Better less good players in the game right now. There's no guards. There's no guards in the game right now. I'm, a, I'm, I'm amazed that Aaron Donald doesn't have 30 sacks in a year. I mean, there's nobody inside. Nobody. Nobody. Could you coach? No. I was a too Why? long. Why? I was a too long, and these kids don't care anything about anything except likes, views, and followers. Would you have your kids play? My son plays at FAU. Do you, are you happy he does? You know you won't find an apple underneath an orange tree, right? Horses <laughs> <laughs> don't make sheep, baby. Why aren't you I'm pissed. I'm pissed. You gotta be back in the NFL. No. Why aren't you back in the no. Why? Oh no, no. Why? No. They got what they want. They got what they want. It's unwatchable, but they got what they want, so enjoy it. But you 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 gotta be back. Like your honesty, your 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 devotion, the the the. Not selling a story. I'm not selling a dream. I'm telling you exactly what you're looking at. I and know, I'm, but that's but that's what that's what the common people want to hear. That's not what they want. They want you to tell a lie and and go on the strip and create some drama that ain't there. No, he's right there. You just missed the tackle. What's the problem? <laughs> no, so, we don't live in a fact world no more. We we got you. Got to make it up. You got to make up some lie and, and go all up and down the river and feel like la, la, ooh, all that. It's just third and five. <laughs> so when, when, like, take, take Charles Barkley in, the, in, in basketball. What do you think of him? See, the difference with that is that's cable television. When you're on cable, paid television, you get to say what you want. And most of the time when Barkley is on, it's 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning after the late game and the West Coast is over. And ain't all the kids are in the bed, and and a lot of people looking, and the people that are looking, they're expecting that. They want that. So you have to find an audience and a, and a station. All right, so we'll, 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 Bel Air, Bamboo, McQueen, and the rest of my brands will start a hashtag. Get Warren Warren at NFL. We got to get you back, baby. We got to get you back. And, and let me know what they want to do, cause I'm not wearing no suit no more. I've seen enough people in sweaters and T-shirts and everything on the damn TV. I'm like, how the hell they didn't do that when I was on there? I had to put that damn monkey suit on every damn week and sweat my ass off. You deserve your, – your raw – your knowledge, your, your, your charisma, your – It's good TV. No, it's not. It's reality, but it's, it's you. Good, it's good What's TV. No, no, it's honest, good TV. That's all it is. Correct. You're correct. You, it's honest see, answers. You see what I see, and when he over here on his stair, you you looking at the TV like I'm looking at him like, what the? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right, all right. So, hold on. So, let's talk uh, – let's talk today. So, uh, you think the NFL should play this year? You know what? No, I, I don't, but they are for two reasons. The money and they have to pay them. 
there's no there's nothing written in a collective bargaining agreement that a global pandemic, you know, prevents the the players from being paid. So they're gonna make them go to work. You know this. I seen a guy hit a home run the other night, the other day with uh with a mask on. So the mask gets power. <laughs> if you were playing today, would you play or not? No. Not a, you wouldn't play. I don't, you know what? I, I gotta I gotta change that. I gotta change that answer because I told somebody the other day, if I'm 25 years old and I'm trying to build a career and I'm trying to shake the annals of the Hall of Fame and everything like that, I don't know. I think I I think I'd be ready to go because that's the only thing I've ever known. You know what I'm saying? But now I'm a father of six, you know, a 47-year-old old pass rusher has been some bitch that used to be some. So now I'm worried about my health. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I caught H1N1. You know what I'm saying? I know what it's like to be quarantined for five days and have to have medicine and can't see nobody before a wall. So I you know, I, I'm a I'm a I'm an older, softer Warren Sack. You know what I'm saying? Back when I was that hard 25-year-old, I think I'd have ran right through it. But I don't know. Um, What do you think of Tampa today? We're going to find out at the same time because whenever you have Tom Brady and Gronk and Mike Evans and Goodwin and, you know, the weapons that they have. I, Were I, you happy? I see them coming in to face me as a defense. Um, But prior to... To Tom, to Brady moving to Tampa. Uh, what did you think of him? Maybe the best quarterback that's ever played the game. So you were happy he came to Tampa. I wouldn't say happy, but it ain't bad to have the goat in your stadium with your name hanging over him, and you can walk out on the football field and go see him every Sunday that you want. That'd be kind of nice. Who Who is your favorite player today? Don't have a favorite player. I just watch the game and enjoy it. Aaron Donald. If I had to sit and watch somebody, I like watching Aaron Donald play the game. You because you like because he's you. I mean, he's your. Oh, he plays my position, so when I'm watching him, I know what he's doing and how he's gonna do it and what I would do. I'd be critiquing him like ah, I would have ripped him there. I wouldn't have swam. Him, you know, <laughs> I got I gotta have I gotta have fun. You know, yelling at the TV. He's not listening to me either. Who's Who's uh, in, in when you played? Who was your most? Who do you think was the most underrated player? When I played, who was the most yeah. underrated? Yeah, who deserves more? Brian Mitchell <laughs> has more yards than anybody in the history of the National Football League. That son of a dog could do everything. Who's the most overrated? Any quarterback. They get way too much credit and they get way too much blame. What do you think? Of, oh, uh, you think Colin can play today? I have no clue. But if I got seventy to eighty million dollars from the NFL to shut up, I just I wouldn't I would never think about playing again. Interesting. Why? Why? Yeah. What? What? I mean, you don't. You don't you don't jump back you don't jump back on that horse. That's a nasty horse. What up, boy? That's a nasty horse to jump back on when you ain't played in three years. And then, well, then it's the system in which they're gonna put him in. Do they want him to be a drop back passer, or are they gonna do like they did for Lamar Jackson and make the whole offense around him? Because around most, him. Most of the time, they don't bend an NFL offense to fit this player. You see what I'm saying? They do a couple little things on third down or. Second and long that fits his thing, but other than that, you're gonna be a drop back passer. 
Yeah. So uh, that's um, what Jim Harbaugh did to him. Jim Harbaugh didn't bend that offense to the Bulls. If he did, he'd have won the Super Bowl. That's what they had to do it, hand it off to Frank Gore. Ray Lewis couldn't tackle my daughter at the end of that game, at the end of that Super Bowl. <laughs> Ray, Ray, Ray showed him about to fall off. Ray said, dog, if I would have hit anything, it would have just collapsed. <laughs> you, are you are you watching as much football now? Would you watch as much football now as you did? Wait, wait, wait. There's 13 games come on in a weekend. Am I the only one watching these things? Really? Is that what you're telling me? You selling yeah. that much football in champagne? You ain't watching football on Sunday? What does your fun day Sunday consist of, my brother? <laughs> all I look forward to is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I love them all. Oh, no. I, hey, hey, I love Thursday, too. Thursday night football. Thursday That's all. about week three. It, it, it's the worst football you could get. But it's football. But I'll take it. It's football. It's football. I agree. It's football. I'll take it. I'll that's take I, it. I told them fools at the AFFL. I'm thinking all thing I had to do was just keep playing. We'd have tuned in. Correct. It wasn't nothing else Saturday afternoon except watching moving day and Tiger ain't on. So I'd rather watch football. <laughs> <laughs> so on a personal note, fishing. When did fishing become the thing for you? My, gr my grandfather, John Life, my mama's daddy fished <laughs> let my grandma tell it god bless her soul too every day of his life <laughs> would he go out on a boat or fish off of here oh fish off the the uh the, the power plant over there in sanford snatch the mullets yeah. up put the put the uh the carpet over the, the windows roll the window down in the car and put the carpet over and you slang the mullet up on the side of it and hit the carpet poof it is up on the deck. <laughs> oh, we used to do that so much. Oh, my God. So that was my thing then, like cane pole and mini fishing, because up in Apopka, we got a lot of lakes and a lot of streams, yeah. so fish like that. But I came to the University of Miami, and Manny Fernandez, I took Pat Riley over to see his booster, because I had, a, you know, Pat Riley had a booster, big Pat Riley, 6'6", 275, 4% body fat. Unreal. <laughs> We go over there to see Manny one time. Manny said, Pat, we're going on the boat next week. Warren, you want to go? I said, what are we going to do on the boat? You know, and I, I mean, I had never been on the boat. <laughs> the boat, you got to row that thing out in the middle of the, the lake, fish, then row back in. So he hits me with, Warren, you want to go on the boat? We're going fishing. Okay, going fishing. So I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, 18, 20-foot boat, 50-foot Viking. Wow. I'm like, huh? Okay, everybody get in. You know, everybody piling inside with the AC. You know, they got somebody in there cutting up fruit and they eating and everything. I'm out back with the mate. He out there stringing up bait. I'm looking at him doing this. I'm, I'm in a, I'm, I'm a kid in the candy store looking at this. Like, oh my god, I can figure out how to rig up the bait, get it out there. I'm gonna catch me one. I can send a picture to my mama. She gonna freak out. I'm gonna catch a picture uh, a fish my granddad ain't never caught. We in the ocean. I ain't never seen no ocean. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> you know. Well, I'd have been to Daytona Beach, but. We don't go, we don't go, you know, you go as far as you can see, you know, and swim back. We go on a 50-foot Viking, so we out there, and all of a sudden, the line goes off. And everybody's inside the Grab the line. So I grab the line. I said, what do I do? He said, reel down and rock back. Man, I went to reel down, rock back. This 25-pound mahi came up out the water. It was over. It was over. It's off. Tight lines and cold bit, daddy. You got to make me some kind of, uh, I, I take your rum and I put Sprite over the top with lime. I call it a run. It's supposed to be pressure. Oh, 
But is it, is it, it, is it, I love fishing. I haven't done it that much, but I love it because the idea of going out on your own, it's like prospecting. It's like you're, you're, you don't know what's going to happen. You, why it's called fishing. It ain't called catching yeah. for, for a big reason. It's called fishing. So we go out there and get all that and we have a good time. Did any, any correlation to football at all? Fishing? Yeah. No. Except None at all. Except the excitement of the next morning. Like when I'm ready to go fishing or diving the next morning, I can't sleep. It's like a kid going on a field trip. <laughs> so, Warren, I'm going to say two things for anybody who's listening and anybody who's watching. So one is um, I got to go with you when you got your Tampa Bay jersey retired. Ring of Honor. And I have to say it was the Ring of Honor. Well, how many jerseys were retired? I was the fifth one at the time. I was the fifth person Ring of Honor, but it was the second jersey because everybody else was a coach or some coach or owner or something like that. Correct. Yeah. But yeah. I have to say, I've, I've never been in that situation, and it was only a few of us who went. And I, Tom, I talked to Thomas Kelly tonight, and he, he gives his love. Um. But it was so, I'll, I'll never forget it because it's like I felt it for you and I felt so special and I can only imagine, and I never asked you this, what it feels like for you, forget the Hall of Fame, forget the Super Bowl, but you're having your fucking number retired in front of the world. It's an amazing feeling. Like it's an, it's an awe-inspiring feeling. Oh. Brother, the I mean, the simple fact that you're bringing it back up again, I mean, it brings back such great memories. I mean, that's why, because me and you was kicking it hard. I'm like, I got to invite him. I'm like, I know he'll come down. You know what I'm saying? Because most of the time you invite somebody to something like that, they'd be like, nah, I just want you to enjoy oh, it. No. See what I'm saying? But you felt it that way when I invited you, you wanted it in. See, that's what you want the excitement to come back, because you want somebody to feel it with you, because, I mean, it's so overwhelming. If you ain't got good people around you, you lose your mind. No, but but on a personal note, it's as if I was I my number was retired and I felt it for you and it was mo one of the most. That's what you want. Good people, good people around you to enjoy the moment and boy, we have a night. Oh, we had a uh, night. No, it was Matt Levine and Thomas Kelly and it was night, it was very we special. We had a night, baby. That was a whole weekend. We had a week. So my favorite story, my favorite word story is we had just had Martha Stewart had just talked about how she had Ace of Spades and she loved the brand and it was in her refrigerator. And next thing you know, Warren Sapp texts me and he says, and just keep in mind, he's literally playing for the Raiders. He's literally playing that day and he texts me and says Brett Martha Stewart's got nothing on me you gotta <laughs> see my fridge you gotta see my fridge and he says and I, I texted back Warren I'd love to see your fridge and it was this for you left practice that day that moment and you're like fuck it I'm out of here and you went home and you sent me a picture 
of your fridge. And in the fridge is nothing but ace of spades. And you literally wrote on the text, it's nothing but ace of spades and a jug of juice. That's all that's in there. Juice, that's it, baby. I like my mimosas, baby. I had to put a little, little orange juice on the boy. You like orange juice, my good champagne, baby. Martha Stewart had nothing on me, baby. That thing was full. That thing was full. Lauren, oh, yeah. you're, you're iconic. I love you. You've got to get back and talk about the NFL. Your honesty and your love of the game and, and you're an inspiration. I, I, I hope everybody and anybody, and I will do my part, you belong talking. Just keep talking. Don't change. A, I love you back, baby, and uh, you keep that good liquor flowing because if they don't buy it, and if they don't buy it, we got plenty of to drink. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, Warren. All my love. All my love. I'll see you soon, okay? Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.